I've been taking a break from speaking for a while. So if some of you have been kind of following our ministry, I haven't been posting some stuff up except for today. But um, I've just been focusing on writing. And what I've been doing is I've been just, this has been on my heart for like years, man. But like I had so many times in my journey where I get screwed up in my head, I don't even know what to believe anymore. Because there's, there's this camp here, there's this theology here. What do I believe now, man? You know? And I remember as I was writing my journey, there are moments where I would just, just break down. Because even as I'm writing some of my stories, I'm like, dude, I remember that. <laughs> this is lonely. <laughs> and it's confusing, but I didn't want to tell anybody during those times when I was questioning things. I never questioned God's existence. I don't think I really did. I mean, of course, a question could have popped up, but I never dwelled on those things. But I, I couldn't understand His goodness because I lived in so much fear most of my life, even my college years, because I was so afraid that I didn't perform well enough for Him. I didn't evangelize enough for Him. I didn't read my Bible, man. You know, and there are times I don't want to read it, but I have to because I'm a pastor. You know, so I'm thinking, is this the way it's supposed to be? And so I would go through these phases of like, there's a period where I just, I'm into healing and there's another phase I hate healing because I didn't get healed. And I go through this other phase where I'm into apologetics and I think I know everything. And there's another phase where I get this, I hear this message of grace and I think I know everything about this grace message. And then I hit these walls and I'm like, oh my gosh, I hear something else. And I'm like, I thought I figured it all out. And in those times when I'm like the speaker and the, the preachy guy who people come to me for answers sometimes, there I am sometimes in my room wondering, what do I even really believe? Or why do I feel so pressured to, to give answers to these people that want certainty? I don't have it anymore like I used to. But as I look and as I'm writing my book right now, I see that in those moments when I question life, I question, what's going to happen to me when I die, <laughs> right? But in those moments, I feel like God was revealing to me in my heart that it, no matter where I was at in my processing of things, God was still holding me here. And that's the beauty, I think, of the gospel, that no matter what, He doesn't change when it comes to God's love. And throughout the years, I saw God's love get bigger and bigger, not because it got bigger and bigger, because now I could finally see glimpses of it. That even as I'm in my 30s now, I know it's going to get better and better. And that's what's so amazing because aren't there times in our lives where we go to church, we do the pastor, it could get boring. It could get dry. It could get routine. But once we're really connected, really, to, to the God within us, it just blows you away. That when we come, become aware that, that we don't have to be concerned, did God show up to your meeting? And I wonder, where was God before your meeting? <laughs> what was He doing? Right? Or when you're doing these healing services, you're like, Holy Spirit, come. What was Holy Spirit doing then? <laughs> or those times when you think, no, 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 I can't spend time with my wife. I got to read my Bible and get into the Word. Because we think these things, these spiritual things impress God. And then I reached a point in my life where I finally realized that everything is spiritual. That there are times I'd just be rather be chilling with my wife, go on a date, instead of evangelizing. I know that could sound bad to people, but I'm just saying it's not about how much you have to earn and impress God. You're already His child. That's it. He already just looks at you and says, I just love you just because. 
And even if you do all those things, it doesn't impress Him more. Because you do all those things not to impress God, but you do all those things because He impressed you. <laughs> right? When you just think about this, this goodness of God that's within all of us, that you could just be chilling, that, that there are times, folks, where I could be doing these services and people are getting healed. That's fun and tiring sometimes. But there are moments when I'm just like looking outside my window of my house and I feel God just looking at my backyard, like a simple thing like that, right? Or I go to the beach and I'm just chilling and then I feel the wind. It's like I feel God in the wind. How weird is that? How new agey does that sound? But then I started to see that God is not the God out there that I was taught in my evangelical world, that God's out there who supernaturally intervenes once in a while. He likes to heal sometimes. Sometimes He doesn't like to heal. Sometimes He likes to bless you. Sometimes He wants you to have poverty <laughs> to test you. But then I started to see that God is not out there, but that God is here. That you don't have to invite Him. You don't have to say, Holy Spirit, come. You don't have to think, is God going to show up to us in our meeting tonight? The only question is, are we aware? Some of the greatest moments that I've had in my life are not these big events that I've done, but the greatest moments is when I could just sit still and just understand that God is right here, right now, in this very present moment. Even as, I, even as I'm talking right now, even at the times when you're changing the diapers of your baby, God is there fully present in that moment. He's not more present in a Bible study, but He's everywhere. And that's one of the things that changed my life as I started to grow as a Christian. Just seeing on how it, it, that's the only issue. If I was only aware all these years that all these things don't change God's mind about me. But His mind was always the same. That we we're always precious to God. I, you know, I was speaking to this one guy yesterday. I won't mention his name. Some of you guys might even have heard of him. He was part of the most, one of the most popular denominations slash cults, you could call it, back in the day. Like one of the most <laughs> well-known within that stream. I spoke for six hours. Here's this grown man in his 60s talking to me, and I could sense it with pain in his heart still. And we both shared our journey. And it's interesting because as Christians, we feel like we always got to act all like, I'm okay, God's good. Yeah, that's good. God's good. But there are times, man, where we've been hurt. We've been hurt by people. We've been hurt by the church. We've been hurt by religion. But here's this guy telling me his story of his cult group that he was part. He was heavily immersed in this cult. And then all of a sudden, this cult started to make this transition to becoming a denomination in the, within the evangelical stream. So here are these famous apologists that were getting them to make that little transition, or it's a big transition. Now you're going to be, become part of evangelicalism. So here he does. He, he shifts from being a cult to becoming an evangelical. But then when he became an evangelical, he still saw the hate. He still saw the us versus them. He still saw that we're better than the other people who are in cults mentality. And so he went through this period that he called the dark night of the soul. Have you guys heard that phrase before? And folks, we've all been to, in that to some degree. And I think in some sense, those times, those are the times we could really reflect and say, okay, what, what, Am I really believing now? Or am I only believing things just because this is what my church believes? This is just because this is a new popular thing on Facebook or whatever. But all I'm asking people, when I have gatherings, I just want you to introspect. I don't want you to just agree with me. Who cares? Right? Of what's the most popular thing to believe now. But, but what do you really believe at this time? 
And I'm telling you, even if your theology is all screwed up now, like whose isn't to some degree, God's still there. God's still guiding you through the whole process of it all. That here is my wife who grew up in a country that's a, it's an Islamic country. If you don't know that, she's Filipino, but she grew up in Kuwait her whole life, right? And so she only speaks Arabic. No, I'm joking. <laughs> that would be weird. <laughs> um, so it's interesting because here are these people that I, I, I can look at now. That if God, if Christ is the center of all things, where Christ holds all things together, that we always talk about that, oh, Christianity, it's not a religion, it's a relationship, right? We've heard that our whole lives. But once you start talking about that, it's not about Christianity. Uh-oh, Josh, be careful, man. But I thought you just said it's not about Christianity. It's all about relationship, right? And then what they want to do is they want to claim Christianity as though Christianity has a monopoly on God when we have 30,000 plus denominations. Hmm. And some of these denominations even exclude the other denominations saying we're the saved group. They're not. They're heretics. They're false teachers. You see how we've messed it up? You see what religion has done, folks? And so what, I, what God has, what I've sensed in my own life now where I'm at this point in my life of this gospel, how big is this gospel? Because if this gospel as I mentioned many times, it's so good where you have to preach it and you like what Rod was saying, God loves you so much, sister, unconditionally. Oh, great, but what happens if I don't believe in Him? Then you're going to burn forever. <laughs> now you tell me, how is that good news? Because therefore, all of a sudden, it becomes, it becomes based and conditional, contingent upon her belief system. Now, if this gospel is so good where it's for the whole world, but it's dependent upon how you believe just right, then how do you preach this gospel to people who are babies? How do you preach this gospel to people who are mentally, severely mentally retarded? How do you preach a gospel to someone who got in a car accident and now they're a vegetable now? Now you try preaching them and say, you have to believe or else you're not born again, you're not saved, you're going to burn in hell for all eternity. So what I started to see is that it's a very limited gospel. It's like you have to have all your faculties all worked out in order to become God's child, because you have to understand the gospel cognitively, right? Okay, what is that? Okay, he died. Okay, he resurrected. Okay, I believe in those statements of faith. There has to be something bigger than that. God's a lot smarter than that, folks. Like when I was in the Philippines, man, and my buddy here is my friend Gene. Dude, he's been going through a shift too. <laughs> he went with me into the Philippines. You know, when I went to the Philippines, I went to some of the poorest of the poorest places, so I went to this one place where the whole place was like trash. It's called Smoky Mountain. I mean, the trash is higher than this ceiling. This is where people live. Now you try preaching the gospel to them about how God loves them. Sure doesn't look like. They have no mom. They have no dad. You see people having sex around you. People getting high because they have no food. So the, when you get high, it just helps you with your starvation. So here are these people that probably don't even understand English. <laughs> and here we are as missionaries trying to convert trying to give them the gospel. so Because in case they die tonight, they're going to burn forever. I don't know about that, folks. I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm not there, though. I used to believe that. I felt like I had to save everybody. Right now, if we think about that, where if everybody that we think does not think like us as a typical evangelical slash charismatic, whatever you want to talk about, if they are all going to hell because they don't think like we do, then we should be going outside 24-7 sharing the gospel because your loved one can die tonight by a car accident and they're going to be hell forever. So imagine that, that a child could live from 17 years of age. Car accident, boom. They won't be in hell for 17 years, 1,700 years, 
or even million or even trillion. They'll be there for how long? Forever. So all that I'm asking Christians to do is not to say don't believe that. What I'm asking Christians to do is to question and wonder to say, okay, God, how can I reconcile that you are a good God? But it seems like the majority of all the people that I love are not going to make it because they don't know how to believe the way I do. Especially when I grew up in America where there's a bunch of churches around me. But when you go to other places, there's hardly any churches in some countries. So I started to see people now that if everyone is already in Christ, and that Christ is the center of all things, that in Him we live, we move, we have our being, that the, even the Bible says that God is not far from anybody. Now what's, here's the most beautiful thing that, ex, that I've experienced, that when I look at another person from another religion, I don't see the religion anymore. I see a human being. I see a human being that is just like me, who is raised in a particular area in the world, who is trying to figure it out. And I see that God is patient enough for them to allow them to allow them to understand who he really is, just like me, who came from the Christian religion, and I got a lot of it wrong. <laughs> so what I, what I would like to see sometimes is just that if we could just learn to, what I would do for myself is that I just learn to just, just humble myself and just say, okay, I haven't figured this all out. In fact, I have a lot more questions now than I ever have. I just see my buddy Dave right there. Man, I, went to, I didn't even know he was coming here. I went to Bible school. During that time, I felt like I knew everything. <laughs> you know, I got my master's and everything. I was studying under some of the well-known Christian apologists, right? They, you know, we went to that school. And then if you give me a Bible question, I knew it, you know? But now when you ask me questions, I, I don't know. And you know what? I'm okay. Because I know whether I know it or not, I could always rest in the fact that God loves me. Because in the ultimate sense, we could bicker back and forth about, what is this verse? Sometimes I'm like, who cares? Just relax. <laughs> you know, life's still going to go on, man. You're still loved by God. God is still a good God. God is still going to take care of you, even if you haven't figured it all out. And I know that there are some pastors here, and I'll speak to you. I know I look young. I just dress young, <laughs> right? But I know there's that pressure where we feel like we have to have all the answers. Because we're the spiritual authority, supposedly. And all I'm saying, I'm telling you, people will respect you more. I believe. The authentic ones will respect you more when you say, I don't know sometimes. You might know some answers. Some answers you might know. But you, some of them you might say, I, I, don't, you know, I, know, I don't know anymore. But let's learn together. Let's grow together. Right?